This segment is brought to you by Gary Miles, author of Breaking Free, a guide to achieving personal and professional freedom as a lawyer. For more information, visit GaryMiles.net. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Everybody, I want you to, uh, well, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I've got a great show. I'm going to get right to it right now. Um, I have been so blessed over a 20-year period to meet some of the most extraordinary people. And you're going to hear from one of those people, Gary, Gary Miles, here in a second. But when you take on a life that requires all of us to make transformative movement, that's transformational movements. When you are signing on, you don't know that that's going to be you. You don't know if it's your life. And a lot of us didn't know if we were even capable. But when I think about Gary and what he's done, and for many of you, legal luminary for decades, changes jobs, changes professions, changes heart-soul connection, and then comes forward and say, I'm writing a book and it's called Breaking Free, a guide to achieving personal professional freedom. And I love that Gary has done both personal and professional freedom, because a lot of times for us, we don't realize how connected or interconnected they are. But he is someone that walks the path of resilience that understands unwavering dedication. And that dedication is not just to writing books and being successful or being a phenomenal lawyer, but it really is about being dedicated to helping other people understand their infinite, unlimited potential. And at the same time, those of us that have stepped in a few potholes, you have to get some tools to learn how to step out of them. Uh, Gary, thank you for joining me here today. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Well, Dr. Pat, thank you very, very much. I'm, I'm just thrilled, honestly, to be here with you today. I want to ask you the question I've been asking for 20 years. I just briefly said a bit about you. There's so much more to say. Your book is phenomenal. I, When I opened it and read The 12 Prisons, I could feel that in every cell of my body. I, and I hadn't even read what they were, but the word prisons so beautifully describes what many of us have gone through, especially those of us, you know, like myself, that has gone through recovery, addiction recovery, my entire family. But here's the question, Gary, given everything you've done, all the changes you've made, this phenomenal book, which we're going to talk about, what are some of the greatest challenges, obstacles you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, my first one, quite candidly, was my struggle with alcoholism and, and getting sober. And that's the biggest, most miraculous transformation in my life. But it wasn't just stopping drinking. I had so many other things to change. You know, from my childhood, from the way I was raised, I grew up a perfectionist and a people pleaser, among other things. And they really made me lose sight of who I was because I was so concerned with impressing you, getting praise or commendation or affection or support from you that I would act one way with you and another way with other people. I lost my authenticity. And um, that really, the combination of getting sober, but then the transformation that follows of who I am as a person and how I live and, and act and um, 
interact with other people was just a dramatic change. You know, I, I think about the fact that you're the transformation network and yep. kind of made me reflect of three transformations I've been through. The first obviously was getting sober, which was 32 years ago. And that was yeah. the biggest and most important one. The second was I reinvented myself from doing insurance defense law, which I was good at, but I wanted something more where I was directly serving others and feeling fulfilled from that. So I became a family law attorney and helping folks who were going through very, very, they say it's the second biggest challenge in your life after losing a child. And, and then I got tired of arguing with lawyers. You know, I want this and you're like, my client wants that. And I wanted to link arms and, and help them. And so I guess really three transformations. Yeah. You know, what I'm struck by is, and I went back to my high school reunion here recently. Uh, you, you relate to this. Went back to my high school reunion recently in Plainfield, New Jersey. And what a great time I had. Amazing people. But what I was really struck by was how people didn't understand how I was even still alive. Right. Even at that young age, they could see that I was on a pathway to destruction. And yet here we are, we're doing this show. Both of us are in service of other people. What do you think was the tipping point for you where you said, I have had enough of dot, dot, dot? Well, I know what was my tipping point of, of my struggle with alcoholism was when I was just so defeated and, and yeah. could no longer, I was tired of failing all the time at stopping drinking. Every day, I I stopped drinking a lot. I stopped drinking every day. I made a, a vow to myself. And my tipping point there was my first true, what I now know to be called a blackout, where I had such a deep and personal conversation with my 15-year-old niece and goddaughter. And the next morning, I couldn't remember the conversation. Oh. To this day, I don't know. And, and that was truly scary for me. Um, <clears throat> but I think the rest weren't really a tipping point, but a process. I, I find life is a journey. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, because my wife's job, I we relocated to Pinehurst, North Carolina, which necessitated a change in my relationship with my law firm, which I had owned and managed for 30 years. And and I think um, someone brought my, my higher power, my God brought me here for a purpose. And that was to change the direction I was heading in yeah. and and to, to work to be of service to lawyers instead of having professional interactions to really help and support them. And, and other professionals. So that's, you know, that's where I've been with my podcast, my blogs, and, and now with my book. Yeah. You know, Gary, this is a short interview. We're going to be doing more of them. Um, I'm hoping the next time the next interview is longer because there is so much to talk about. Um, I, I want to make sure people know the, the book is available on Amazon, but you can also find out more about Gary. And this is something, Gary, what's the best website for people to really follow along about what we're saying? They can see for themselves. Yeah, GaryMiles.net is my uh, website. Um, all my podcasts, I just released 100, number 170 today. Yeah. And all of my, my blogs are on there as well. I've written over 100 on the kind of topics we talk about in the book, but how to you know, how to create personal freedom for ourselves, whether it's in business or interactions with family or others we know, we trap ourselves sometimes because we let other circumstances, whether it's how someone treats us or the economy or people at our workplace control how we feel. And, and we have no power over them and they shouldn't have any power over us. Yeah, I, that leads me to the book. I When I opened the book, and there's so much I want to talk about in the book, but I'm going to pull a couple of these out. 
you open up the book and you, you tell us how to use the book. There are 12 prisons and 12 keys to freedom. I love, I have a love-hate relationship with the term 12 prisons because when I read it, I said, oh, I didn't even know what you were going to write yet. And I said, that is exactly right. Uh, let's talk about it. It's a powerful word, the word prisons, but it really depicts some of these things you're pointing out in the book and depicts them in a way that the average person reading this, look, I just want to tell everybody here, you know, you, you may look at Gary and you may look at me and you may look at us and say, oh, that's for them. No, this book is for you. It's for you. It's for your friends. If you've ever been stuck, if you stopped, if you've questioned who you are, if you don't believe in yourself, this is for you. And one of the prisons we're going to talk about starts with a B. Burnout is like an understatement. But prisons, you could have picked a million words. Why was that word so you, Gary? Well, well, I think it's because I, I think in one way, prison isn't a good word. It, it is a good word because we're trapped and we're stuck. Yep. But if I'm if I'm in a jail cell, I know I'm in a jail cell, right? It, it's obvious there are bars. I, I don't have the ability to step out. But sometimes these prisons are really silent to us. We're not aware of them. And and so I couldn't find a good word to come up with that. I like the element of being trapped and jailed. But what's different is these prisons we're not aware of. We're not often aware that we struggle with perfectionism or people pleasing, um, these sorts of things, living in the past. You know, for me, I, I was in my 50s when I learned how my past had affected me Ugh. and the thoughts it made me have. And, and to me, that was really a silent prison because so many times it told me I wasn't good enough when when I was. I, I, I know what you're saying. The prisons we're talking about are these invisible things. These things that you get hit with them when you're at a real pain point in your life. I want to talk about, we've already talked about our past. That was prison number one. But I do want to, there, there are a few I want, I want to really go into. And I think they're related. Overthinking the future, uh, number two and number three to me have been intimately related. Overthinking the future for me has been, I am never good enough. I'll never be good enough. I mean, I, I had the same reoccurring dream for three years after my doctorate that I'm up on the stage getting it, Gary, and they yanked it away from me. So let's talk about these two, especially self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome, it's, it's sort of a strange term, and, and I don't know if it's even the right term. I prefer self-doubt because, but I use imposter syndrome because that's what so many people uh, call it. And I was a great example of that. In my 50s, I was an extremely successful trial attorney. I owned and managed my own law firm. And yet inside, I felt like it wasn't real. I felt like it wasn't me. I felt like I wasn't all that. I felt like it was pretend, but really it, it was true. And, and what happens sometimes it is related to that is I start thinking about the future. Am I going to win this case? Am I going to be successful? Who will be my, you know, in law, our clients tend to not repeat. Um, who are my clients now? Won't be my clients three years from now. Now I have a whole new batch. Will I get any more clients? And we start worrying and questioning and doubting. And, and it's a real challenge. And for me, the key is to be present, uh, live in the moment, focus on what I do well. If I'm a trial lawyer, focus on preparing my cases, but not focusing on what will it mean if I lose. Yeah, I'm an avid golfer, as some people may know. And I find that that's a good analogy for a lot of these things. If I'm hitting a shot over the lake and I think, oh, that's a big lake there. What if I go in? What's going to happen? But if I just 
focus on the swing, focus on the same swing I took on the practice range, it's going to end up on the green. So what we think about really can affect not only how we feel, yeah. but also how successful we are. I want to definitely, yeah, that links to number 10. Uh, And you'll notice I jump around because I've read the book and there are some comparisons that come to the forefront. Um, uh, A comparison, prison number 10. The reason I'm bringing it up is that analogy you just used. Um, I play a sport too. Um, I play with a little white ball, but my little white ball moves very fast. I play table tennis. I tried golf, Gary, and they said I'll never be able to play golf because the ball doesn't move. I said, okay, not a problem. But I play the same sport, but I go through the same thing. I was in a league championship a week ago, right? And I saw who I had to play. <laughs> I saw who I had to play. So out of the six people in the round robin, I get this guy to play, right? I'm like, why? Why did I get this guy? Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But I have enough tools now to get past that. But you see, that little thought could have derailed me how often do we do that? Oh, he's better than me. He's ranked 2,300. I'm not ranked that. Gary's playing golf with his friends. Oh, but right? How often do we right. do that that stops us right dead in our tracks? Yeah, once we start thinking that way, um, you know, comparing yourself to this other player who, who may be objectively a little better than you. But thinking about that takes away whatever chances you have of being. I mean, your chances are much better if you just... Focus on hitting the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. You know what your strengths are. You know how to attack your opponent. Just focus on that. You're you're more likely to be successful in golf. I've always been a pretty good golfer, but I never hit the ball very far. So if I'm playing another guy and he hits the ball 50 yards past me and I start thinking, he's so far ahead of me. His shot to the green so much easier. I don't do as well. Yeah. If I do what's my game, which is down the middle on the green, play good around the green, and I win the hole from him, he's the one who's going to be crushed because he outhit me by 50 yards. Yeah. But it's all about what we think about that makes such a difference. And, and nothing good comes from comparison. The only person oh. I'm going to compare myself to is myself. Where was I last year? And where am I this year? Have I accomplished my goals? Have I grown in the ways I want to? If not, what can I do this year to, to do better? Well, comparing myself to someone else just serves no purpose at all, except for making me feel worse, getting back into doubting myself. Um, I I start to feel envious or jealous when I compare myself to other people. All those sort of negative things. It's a very self-absorbing thought, comparing myself to other people. I want to jump to the keys. Um, And as I said before to everybody, uh, Gary Miles joining me here today, breaking free a guide to achieving personal professional freedom as a lawyer. But I'm telling you, this book is for everybody. I have read this book and it just helped me today with a place I was stuck. You see, I don't think there's any mistakes in the universe. I, you know, I get to talk to you today. I get to read the book and I discover a place I was stuck. And it's really an important place. But I want to talk about some of the keys because we actually are talking about them when we talk about the prisons. I want to kick this back to you. As you were writing the book, and you are writing about the prisons and the keys. What came up for you as being most important, most relative, relevant when it comes to these, these freedom keys? Yes, actually, I, I put in the how to use the book after I kind of written the chapters. I did yeah. that how to use it last because it's not a typical book where you read in chapter one and you read through chapter 24 and each chapter builds on itself. They're each independent. And if you read all 20, the first 12 chapter, chapters consecutively, you realize well, Gary's kind of repeating himself and that there's there's some truth to that, because to me, three of those keys 
work for everything in life. And that's being living in the present, staying out of the past, staying out of the future, focusing on what I'm doing, not letting stinky thinking from the future creep in, acceptance of people and circumstances that I can't change, um, and, and living in gratitude. Uh, those three things are the answers to almost any mental hurdle or obstacle that I face. And they keep coming up over and over again. I got to tell you, the one that caught my attention, which was pivotal for me that I didn't know, there are two. I live by gratitude. My greatest reason for being alive and talking to you today is instilling a very simple gratitude practice. Somebody, one of my sponsors said to me once, very long time ago, she said to me, you're, you're like, how did you put it? You're like a mess and I'm not going to give up on you, but you must do what I tell you. And she said, I need you to write down on paper 70 times a day for 70 days. Thank you, God, or thank you, whatever you believe in. Thank you, God, of your understanding. Thank you, universe. And I looked at her and I thought, this is the stupidest thing. And she said, if you don't do it, I'm never going to work with you again. And I did it and it shifted for me. But part of that links to key 12. When I saw mentorship in here, I had to ask you about it because it's very rarely put in keys to freedom. Tell me about the relationship between gratitude and mentorship for you. You know, when I started writing the book um, and I was thinking what the 12 keys would be, I reflect on the fact that I've had mentors, you know, my whole life. Um, not, most of them were not hired paid uh, coaches, uh, although some were. Um, and the analogy I give is going back to golf. I started paying, playing in eighth grade and I've had a golf coach every single year, 55 years. And you may say, Dr. Pat Carey, you must not be very good. 55 years, you still need coaching. But I always do because I learn what I'm doing wrong and I learn what I'm doing right. And I, I develop confidence. And I think mentorship um, helps us to appreciate our strengths, helps us to believe in ourselves and helps us see where we can grow. How can we get better? If we, we stop growing, we, we stop getting better and we can always grow. Uh, no matter our age, no matter what we do, there's always room to transform ourselves and become a better version of ourselves. And my mentors have helped me to do that. And, and candidly, I would not have started the podcast without a coach. Yeah. My coach told me, you should do a podcast. I literally laughed at him. And then after I did the podcast, he said, you should write a book. And, and I said, I honestly said, no way. But he saw in me a vision of me that I didn't yet see in myself. And I coach a lot of professionals now, and I see that too. I can see in them a future that they can't see in themselves. And it's such a gift to have someone who can see the potential in us and help us to, to create it. You and I have had that in common. I, I did a show reflecting on all the people that I called my mentor angels in my life, by which I wouldn't be here. And like you, I wouldn't be a network owner. I wouldn't have done the show without incredible mentors. And some of them were very tough. But I agree with you. I, I've been playing this sport for a long time, as long as you maybe, right? Yeah. But I took a little yeah. break from it. Uh, but I play at the championship level. And people say to me, why? You know, they don't say, here's what they don't say. They don't say, Gary, Pat, why at your age are you getting coached? They don't say that, but it's like underneath the skin. Right. And I say, I want somebody to push me. I want to know what I'm capable of. Isn't that part of mentorship 
And, and also, isn't that what you talk about to make sure we're aligned with our values of who we are? Yeah, that, that's one of the most important things to me is being aligned with their values. There are a lot of people who, who get jobs, take a position, and they realize they're so unhappy and they don't know why they're so unhappy. Does may not be how much money they're making. They may be happy about that, but they don't like what they're doing. And that's because they've never really stepped back and look at what's important to me. Mm. How important is family? How many hours do I want to work? How much money do I want to make? How independent do I want to be? And they've never really looked at those things. So aligning what we do both personally and professionally with our values is critical. Gary, I know we have a short time left and I want to ask you, we've talked about a lot of things and there are a lot of things still to talk about. And I hope we're going to have time to do it in our next show because the details of what you've written are so pivotal. But you also talk about something that rarely gets covered, even in in the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step programs, sobriety programs, recovery programs, and that's emotional intelligence. It it, it gets kind of alluded to, but man, people are like, I don't want to touch that. You included it. Why? Oh, I, I think it's critical that we, you know, emotional intelligence to me refers to my ability to manage my own emotions and to be aware of your feelings and your emotions. And that's what really helps us to interact and connect in a positive loving and successful way. We've all worked in workplaces where the boss loses his temper and screams and and it, it just causes so much unnecessary harm. But together we can always find find solutions and emotional intelligence to me is the key to positive human interaction. Last question about the book. Was this a labor of love? And what's your vision for the messages you have in here for the people listening today? It, it really is a labor of love. I've come so far in so many years, so 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 many years, I felt trapped by my feelings. I was never happy. I was always searching for something. And now I'm very content. I'm very, I'm at peace. I feel free. Um, I'm no, I, I like to say today, no one can make me angry. And I believe that to be true, only if I let them. And I wanted to share some of those thoughts with other people so they didn't feel so trapped, so they could free themselves from their own personal prisons and enjoy life on life's terms. You know, you point to the things that are happening in our contemporary world today. The fact that you're talking about stress and then law of attraction, you're covering them. And, you know, for those people out there, you'll be able to go and get the book and look at this yourself. But more importantly, Gary, this has turned into not just a book, you're dedicating your life. You have a coach. Tell us about your coaching practice. I mean, yes, it's great to have a book, but it's that's you didn't stop there. You have, what sh- shall I say? You have a range of ways that you support and help people. Can you talk to those for a minute? Sure. Well, I have the podcast called The Free Lawyer. I do two episodes a week. They're all in the same messages that are in the book. I, I do a weekly blog, same messages. But the most fulfilling thing I do is coaching people individually because it's easy to read the book. But putting it into practice is really the hard part. I could read a book about how to play golf. You could read a book about how to play ping pong. That wouldn't make you a better ping pong player. You would need someone to say, you know, Pat, you're holding your paddle the wrong way. You want to get more angle in the face, whatever it might be. Oh, now I get it. You know, now, now the lights went off. And that's what I find about coaching professionals, entrepreneurs, lawyers individually, because often they're angry and upset and they don't know why. And I can help shine the light on that. Gary, don't you also find, at least I'll find, I'll speak for myself. I don't see myself the way other people see me. And I have needed the help of multiple coaches. I work with different coaches for different things. 
but it also is refreshing to work with somebody that is on your team. And that's what you do. You see, you've taken everything you've experienced in your life, everything you've written, your podcast, your coaching. But you see, when people work with you, given what you've done, what you've overcome, you're now on their team. And that is a place that is hard to describe in the world where loneliness, aloneness and isolation are ruling, isn't it? I, I, you hit on such an important point. So many people feel so alone, even if they're in a firm of 50 people or a big business, they feel they're the only one. And to have someone who's undoubtedly in their corner, supporting them, advising them, lifting them is, is priceless. It really is. Maybe someday we'll get together. I'll teach you how to hit a ball a uh, hundred miles an hour. You can teach me how to little hit a little white ball that doesn't move. And we'll, we'll defeat all the people that have said to me in my life, you are never going to hit the golf ball. It doesn't move, right? Right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Gary, last question. Please give out your website again. Tell us how to get the book. But I also want to know your personal message now, what you want to leave us with, please. Uh, my website again is GaryMiles.net. For those of you on LinkedIn, I'm very, very active there under my name, Gary Miles. Um my main, and you get the book at Amazon, like we can get everything. It's the number one new release in its category, which is really affirming. My main message is enjoy today. Uh, live in the present. Be grateful for what you have. You know, Live life enjoying what you have instead of wanting what you don't. And um, what I always tell people to do, this quick little tip, every day for 30 days, write down three things you're grateful for. You can't ever repeat them. And so in 60, 20 days, you've written down 60 things. Now you're searching for gratitude. And if we live life searching for gratitude, we'll be very, very happy. I'm very grateful that I've met you. I'm very grateful that I got to read your book, which I'm going to have to read again because there's so much in it. I'm very grateful for the fact that you were able to transform your life just like me. I mean, we, we are actually considered miracles in the world today of sobriety. I don't know if you realize that. I'm very grateful that you've turned it around into a life of service. And I'm very grateful, Gary, that you haven't given up, that you're not done yet, and that you're out there walking the path, walking the way, and helping others because the world needs you right now. They need what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I truly appreciate that. And I want to thank all of you out there. I want to say, you know, this is a short interview, but I'm telling you, the work that Gary has done, the life transformations he's talked about, what he stands for, what he believes, what's in this book. This is transformative. And for those of you out there are saying, this is too much. I can't do 12. Okay, pick one. Have a happy, happy holiday. Gary, thank you. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Life Engineering, processes that combine science, wisdom, and spirituality to build a life of alignment. Joining Dr. Pat is your host, Gabriella Embon, bringing you bi-weekly wisdom nuggets, your step-by-step -step guidance to build a life of no regrets. Stay tuned as they uncover powerful processes for you to realize your true potential. Are you ready for some magic wisdom? Life Engineering starts now. to life engineering. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm just going to tell you one thing right now. And that is this show, this episode in particular with Gabriella, this is a must. 
Before I tell you about that, I want you to make sure that you visit coachingacademy.net, coachingacademy.net. You'll hear more about it. Today's episode, are you ready for this, everybody? This is it. Best practices to end the year gracefully. Get your pen out, write some stuff down. Not sure what you're going to write down, but I want you to get ready because ending 2023 gracefully is a must. Gabriella, right? So important. So important. The way you end it sets the tone for the way you start it. And let me just start by saying I woke up really excited about this episode today. Uh, So thank you for sharing this excitement with me. And I hope we we pass this on to our uh, listeners. So important. I love what John Miles says. Strong beginner beginnings are ideal, but having a strong finish is epic. Yeah. And this is what this episode is all about. What are the rituals? What are the best way that we can end 2023, regardless of how the year went, regardless if you feel it was an amazing year or not? Because rituals are extremely important in our lives. And we know yeah. this, right? Forever we yeah. had as, as humanity, we had rituals. They connect us to the present moment. They give meaning to our lives. They ground us and they they provide that meaning and avoiding um, in order to avoid drifting, you know, drifting where imagine if we had no rituals, we would just go, right? We wouldn't stop and celebrate or look back. It would be a continuous life. So rituals are extremely important uh, in creating a life of intention and not a life of inertia. Let me just mention something real quick, because people get a little bit confused about what we mean. Now, I'm going to give you an example, and you run with it. Okay. Uh, returned recently back from the East Coast, and we, Linda and I both, Linda's sitting down the hall now. Um, and it, so here's Sunday. Out of everything we could have done, I said, can you please help me? I want to clear things out. Can you help me go through my closets? Can we give things to goodwill? a goodwill. Uh, We have a Jessica pile. Now, people may think that we're thinking other kinds. This was a ritualistic day for me, and it was amazing. And we still continue to do it. Second ritual, Sierra, Emily, Jessica, like holiday. This is Christmas holiday season. They're like, can we have a tree? So can we talk about this? Sometimes when we say rituals, people think you got to go to Peru. Like for a week. No, no. no. Uh, <laughs> one right. of the rituals we love in our family is movie night, movie pizza, <gasps> right? And it's a thing our kids know. And this is the time when we just say the words movie night. It's obvious we're going to eat junk food. <laughs> and it's obvious we're going to eat while watching TV. And that we're going to be together. And we're going to have to decide on the movie together. So they have meaning. And I think we should have rituals for ourselves, rituals for our family, for our couple at work. Um, they really give a lot of uh, connection. They connect us with people and with the present moment. They give so much meaning to our lives. Yeah. I, they they fill you up. Didn't you feel great after that day? When you, I'm still when you feeling great. And, you know, can I just say this? Because I don't want to take up a lot of time. There's so much to cover here. But can I say this? This is my best friend. And we've both been under a lot of stress for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with what we're building here. Um, Linda has come back from basically Mary Jane says she literally has come back from the dead. 
<laughs> from May 19th. And so there was something about starting 2024 or the new year that was important, but I can't explain it. When people ask me, I don't have a logical reason. So can you talk to that part of the ritual? Because sometimes you just feel like I've got to watch a movie tonight with some popcorn and the movie is going to be called The Creator. I don't know. But can you talk about this and how important it is? And also, it doesn't have to be perfect. Oh, no. It does. Well, perfect is the need of the brain. What is yeah. perfect, right? Rituals are just about connection. Which, remember that episode we did about finding joy, which is about staying hold, even when difficult times, when we're, when we're dealing with difficult times, where part, rituals help us stay whole, right? These are the moments when we stop, no matter what's going on, and we do what we do. So extremely important. And I, and I can't wait to share. We're going to be sharing four rituals on how to end uh, the yeah. year strong. Uh, of course, these are mine, but um, you can take all of them or the ones that work for you. Uh, this is more for our audience. These are suggestions. And the first mm -hmm. one is, of course, doing an ear review. But when we look at the ear review, um, we want to look at the wins. We want to look at the lessons. We want to look at the most magical moments. We want to look at the growth. And this, looking back, of course, it's so important because we are always we always see we are able to connect the dots. Looking back, help us connect the dots, and it helps us realize how much we have grown and advanced, whether we accomplished the goals that we had set or not. So this is not about saying, "Oh, this was my manifesting list, and I only manifested a third of that." This is about looking at the person that started the past me a year ago. And the person that I am today, that's very empowering because as we're doing so, we're building the type of motivation that keep us going. We have an episode on the two types of motivation. We're building that internal motivation, which is actually the force that keep us going regardless whether we're seeing results or not. Yeah. Make sense? No, it is so important to do this and to talk about it. And, you know, I, I'm on air today and I, I get a lot of comments on my hair, right? And so I had to, I explained this. I'm going to talk more about it on the show with Mark. But I said, whenever I have gone through a transformational period in my life, I mean, seriously transformational, it's always been my hair. Um, 1990, uh, Sinead O'Connor haircut, I shaved my head. But there's something about that that's ritualistic for me. That's People right. think I do it for how I look or no, this is time okay. to lighten up. They also think I do it because I have gray hair. I don't. But that has nothing to do with it. People are curious. And I say, look, it's a ritual for me. And this year, it's a year end ritual. Oh, uh, I didn't know that about you. This is really cool to have, you know, so powerful is to realize how much we have grown. I was talking with one of our coaches yesterday. I was interviewing her. It's been a year and a half since she graduated. And she shared something with me. She shared that in the first month, she graduated in August. And in the first three, four months, she didn't actually have paid clients. And how she worked on herself, on her mindset with the tools we teach. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the year, things started opening up. And the year after was a big breakthrough for her. She's full-time coaching. She's being on TV. She's being in the radio. <laughs> and I said to her, 
Imagine if in those months that you saw no results, you have quit. You wouldn't be where you are today. So again, we don't, the idea is that we have permission to continue even when we don't see results, right? You know, and by going and looking back at how much I have grown, even if you didn't accomplish your goals, the goals you have set, even if you didn't reach the, the targets you have put for yourself, when you go back and you look at how much you have grown, how much you have shed, transformed, let go, you're going to have that internal force, internal motivation to keep going mm. and not quit. Let's keep going here because you said something important. This is not an energy to quit by. There's an energy that is pulling people forward, but we have to help them. And that's what you're doing. Rituals help us take that leap of faith in things we can't see, right? You said it so nicely. Absolutely. They help us connect to, that's right, to our faith. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. So I'll move to the second one. And the second ritual is, and you just practice it, is generosity, right? Um, so looking back, but also how, the way we end the year. So let me explain. So in our family, giving is a value. Um, we believe that a person should give as donations 10% of their income. Okay. So the first thing we want to review is how much money you donated that you can remember if you have receipts, for example, how much money you donated in the year. That's part of an accomplishment for the year. People usually don't look at that. They do it. They feel great in the moment, but they don't look back and say, how much money did I donate? So that's one thing we want to look at. And if you didn't give as much as you would have want to or could, then set a goal for 2024 to increase that. Always want, you all always want to increase because when you give more before you know you're going to make the money, you will for sure make the money. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the other thing we want to do is we want to end the year by giving, by the ritual of giving. And this is huge. I know this is huge in, in North America too. Our kids bring food to school, but also in our family. You know, and it doesn't have to be money. Can I bake a cake for my neighbor? Can I help someone in need? So make a ritual to end the year with generosity. And there is a reason. There is a reason why when um, people are depressed, therapists will suggest with advice for them to volunteer. When we are doing something for someone else, we're actually releasing dopamine in the brain. That's why yeah. it feels so good. Yeah, this is one of the most important things. We got more to talk about, but I want to say this. I It doesn't matter what book you pick up. I You can go back thousands and thousands of years and see how this word was written. And it doesn't matter where you come from or what practice, but there is an energy about this. And 10% is right. That is what is mentioned a lot. But there's something more. When you end the year on a prosperity note, Giving is just part of that, because without giving, there is this energetic resistance to receiving. And I don't think any of us want that, but it also fine. feels good. Look, volunteer. I work with women in addiction and recovery, and I'm telling you, if they're not doing service this time of the year, we're going to have a sit down. 
big, big <laughs> one. Absolutely. You know, uh, we say because sometimes, especially women, um, tend to overgive. Okay, we see that with holistic practitioners, with healers, they're always giving for free. So yeah. there must be a balance, like with every virtue, the virtue of yeah. generosity need, yeah. needs to be balanced, right? So the idea is, first of all, to give from a place of freedom and not obligation. Let's start with that, without expectations. Although we know you just mentioned the law of um, cause and effect or the law of receiving and giving. Uh, but a healthy balance we're looking at, in general, not just for giving, for even for thinking, uh, we're looking at 40% you want to give to yourself, you want to focus on yourself, you want to think about yourself, and 60% you want to be offering your energy to others, whether it's thinking about others or giving to, or focusing mm -hmm. on others, yeah. it's giving your time, of course. Yeah. So um, that's a nice balance, right? 40% as the 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 high spiritual books say forty percent as sixty percent to others, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, it's powerful. Uh, and can I just say this? This is simple to do. It is simple. It's just right. a reminder. It's We're just not a reminder. sharing any um, any uh, new information here. Mm -hmm. It's just a reminder yeah. Yeah. because sometimes we do need to remind ourselves. Yeah. Now this next thing. You're going to talk about yeah i really want people to listen to you because out of everything we're going to share today this is the one thing i think people don't realize that is important to do i love this one i think it's going to become uh, a new ritual for me together with gratitude and it's about blessing yourself so let, let's describe it so usually on december 31st we bless people right we bless our loved ones with happiness, bliss, prosperity, peace, health, everything we wish our loved ones. Um, and we know that blessings are more powerful than curses. We know that. But yet, what we usually forget, we frequently default to cursing ourselves. So we're very good at blessing other people, but then we default to cursing ourselves with negative self-talk or inner criticism. We usually do that without even realizing it's a habit. Um, so we start saying, oh, I'm not good enough at this. Oh, this never works for me. That's cursing ourselves. Oh, look at me. Oh my God, I can't believe I have more wrinkles. Oh, I'm so this, I'm so that. That's cursing ourselves. So the invitation here is to... Start the year with a very strong intention that the default is not criticizing ourselves or cursing ourselves. The default becomes blessing ourselves, but blessing ourselves on a daily basis. So what I like to do as an end of the year ritual is to create my blessing kit. Okay. Basically, I write, I write a, a card and I, I, I write it self-blessing kit. And I start with, I, this is how I do it. I start with creator, thank you for my life. Thank you for the blessings in my life. And then I write what I bless myself for. So I will start, I bless myself that I am healthy and feel uh, vibrant and vitality every day. 
I bless myself for continued success and fulfillment with the Coaching Academy. I bless myself that I get to see my children thrive and stay connected with them every day more and more. I bless myself and then you make a list. You can make an endless list. And the idea is to rather than say, this is what I want to manifest, we're not looking at that. We're not looking at what we want to manifest. We're looking at what we want to bless ourselves. And then once I write all the bullets, I bless myself that, I bless myself for, I bless myself that I have this, that I experienced this. Then I end by putting thank you. Thank you, creator, for everything that I am, the good and the not so good, everything that I am, everything that I'm about to become. Again, we're prioritizing that growth we were talking about, everything that I have, and I am about to receive. Yeah. I said, my basically, I'm opening myself to receive, yeah. and I say, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? That is really all that we need to do because the next thing that you're talking about is to plan the year you see, but it's so much. I think if you don't do these first two things we've talked about, we're not an open vessel to plan for the next year. Are we? That's right. That's why the order you, you got it. The order is the preparation for us to then plan the year. We said that the, the, the more important things we set ourselves like you said, to create that container to receive, to create that mindset to receive. Let me just finish by saying that that blessing card that I write, I usually put it next to my bed and I will read it every morning or night or both, whatever works for you. Make it a sacred ritual. Now, people are familiar with the ritual of gratitude. This is a little bit different. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, because using the word bless on a daily basis, because you are reading that word, and if you are even saying it even better, when you're saying the word bless, that helps us feel and embody what it, that uh, energy. It helps us feel blessed and embody uh, uh, bliss. And that's what we want, right? Totally. And the word itself is high vibration frequency. Absolutely. Completely. I love Absolutely. it. Right. So, okay. So once we've done this, we have prepared ourselves, mind, body, spirit to plan the year. So now we're going to come from a different place and mm -hmm. not just from our mind and ego. And people usually ask, what do I want? What are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? I recently started using a different word. Um, so it's a slight variation of what would make me feel lucky. In I love this question. I love that you did this. I am so loving that you did this. When I looked at this, I said, is she really going to ask this question? It is a different feeling. Go ahead. Tell us why this question. Has Let me tell you so how important. I came up to this yeah. question. Yeah. Because I was doing a session with a client. And uh, in the first session, we do an exercise called the coaches. No, the highest vision of your life. And I was asking this person to envision the most graceful vision of their lives. And they were having a hard time. So then I realized I needed to change my question because the words I was using, wasn't they were not resonating with her. So I said, you know what? What's going to make you feel lucky in life? 
what are, what kind of life will make you feel like you're really, really lucky? And that was, I could see the shift in her energy. She was able to go there right away. And I said, I wonder if we start asking this question more often rather than what do I want? Because that's not always easy to answer. What do I want? Um, and, and not only that, sometimes we default to what we're conditioned that we should want. Definitely. But with lucky, we're detaching, right? Because luck, we see it as magic. Definitely. So what would make you feel lucky in 2024? That when you look back, when you do the year review, it's like, oh my God, I'm so lucky I lived that year. I love this question because you know what it does? And I I, I know we're going to talk about some other things, but what it does is it removes the barriers that pre- that prevent us from really asking what's in our heart desire. It removes them because now we're talking about something that is basically a different energy and unlimited, right? That's right. It's that unlimited energy. Absolutely. Although I think we build a lot of our lack, but yes. <laughs> so, um, so, th- so you really want to open that question in your journal and leave it open. Okay. Leave it open for you to come back to it because answers are going to pour whenever you mm-hmm. least expect it. And, and then of course, from there you go, okay, what would be a game changer for me uh, in each aspect of my life? That's another way you could ask, what would be a game changer in my personal life, in my social life, in my career? And then you want to narrow it to where do I want to see myself? What's the first milestone? Where do I want to see myself in 90 days from now? Don't don't try to do an action plan for the entire year, just the first 90 days. What do I want to focus on the first 90 days? Remember your future, your brain sees the future self as a stranger. So don't go too far. Okay. Where do I want to see mm-hmm. myself in the next 90 days? So that would be the fourth um, ritual. Yeah. I, I love this because it brings us to the end of the year. And I think there's a story you share every end of the year um, and you send out. Let's talk about that because it's a beautiful one. Yes. Every end of the year, I say I send the same story uh, because I want to hear it every end of the year. So I'm going to tell the story. I don't even remember where I heard it years ago. Um, so a man walks into a store. And it's actually amazed by the beauty of the store. It's sparkling. It's beautiful. It has a special energy. So he approaches the salesman that is on the counter and asks the salesman, what do you sell here? It's not very clear. The salesman's response, we sell God's gifts. And the man asks, well, how much do they cost? How much are they? The salesman replies, they don't cost anything. Everything at the store is free. So the man looked around and saw big containers of love, jars of faith, packs of hope, boxes of salvation, lots of wisdom, bales of forgiveness, big containers with peace, and many, many other gifts. He was, wow, I want it all, right? He was so amazed by the wonder, then he decided to place an order. And he said to the salesman, Please, I would like to take the biggest container you have with love, all the forgiveness bales, a big jar of hope for me, for my friends and my family. Okay. The salesman went behind the counter, prepared the order, comes back and gives the man a small package 
small enough to fit in his palm. Now, the customer, the man, looks at him with disbelief and doubt, and he asks, but how can everything I order fit in this tiny package? So the salesman replied, he, he, he smiled at him, and then he replied, in God's store, we don't sell fruits, only seeds. Plant them, and you will see the fruits you desire. That's the story. I think it says a lot. It really does, because it is a reminder of everything you've just referenced and everything you've just talked about. And it also brings in hope, but a different kind of hope. You know, hope is a very tricky word for a lot of people. And it, it sounds like it doesn't have any action, right? But we've talked about hope before. Hope in action, though, is something else. But what you've just shared today is beautiful. I want to thank you for today. Thank you so much. Please give out the website. And what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with, Gabriella? I would like to say we always have the creator support. We have what it takes to live in alignment. We come equipped with that. Uh, but they these, these um, things we carry to fulfill our alignment, these gifts, these abilities, they come in the form of seeds. Even our desires, they come in the form of seeds, in the form of potential. But our, our job is to plant them, to, to plant them, to continue to care for them, to water them, to fertilize them with our actions, and then watch the fruits of of our efforts grow. And, and that's what I really want to leave everyone with. Uh, when you are, you do your manifesting list for the year, you know, people usually ask for the end goal. This is what I want. Try to ask for the seeds, for the means, the right people to come to you, the right knowledge to, yeah. the opportunities to take action. Engage yeah. in that co-creative game. Don't, don't, don't ask for the results to come your way. Ask for the means for this to happen with ease and grace. And then you're going to see so much magic and luck. You're going to feel lucky because you get to work for what you care for, for what you love. And that's a, a life of no regrets. It's a life of intention. Thank you so much. And as a sidebar, let me tell you, from a young age, the word lucky had special meaning. I even named my dog lucky. Oh. <laughs> Happy Thank holidays, you. Gabriella. Thank you so Happy much. Holidays. I have Thank to go back that. over this because this is a new ritual now for me to incorporate. And I have to tell you, I've never been more grateful knowing that I'm sitting here today and my best friend is three doors down. And when I arrived on May 19th, Mary Jane Mack and others didn't know if she'd wake up the next day. That's how ill she was. This is a very special time for me, but I hope it's a special time for all of you. And I think, and I know Gabriella has made this a very special message. Thank you, Gabriella, so much. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Emily, thank you for running the show. And to all of you out there, we've got lots more. We have so much planned for you. Gabriella is outstandingly featured as part of that because we're not giving up, we're not going away, and we're planning a year that is not for us, it's for all of you. So thank you for being the best audience on the planet. Namaste to all of you. You have been listening to Life Engineering, processes that combine science, wisdom, and spirituality to create a life of alignment on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Join host Gabriella Embon and Dr. Pat every first and third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific for bi-weekly wisdom nuggets on how to create your perfect synergy between your mind, body, and spirit in order to realize your true potential. For more information, visit Gabriella at coachingacademy.net.